All right, this is for Jenny. Welcome, everybody, to Outside the Box Conversations. And one of my favorite things to do is have people back on the show because we had such a great show with Caitlin Tucker last time. And Caitlin, mm -hmm. I just want to thank you so much for being here again. I know you're taking time out of your day to talk to me. So so thank you. Uh, how are you doing this morning? I am happy to be here. I love um, just talking about anything nutrition and health related. So I'm glad to continue that conversation. Well, I, I'm super excited about it. I know we, we talked a little bit before we, we hit record and, and we've got some really cool topics. But before I want, before we get mm -hmm. into that, just tell us a little bit about Focused Integrative Centers in Knoxville and, and kind of what you do. Absolutely. So Focus Integrative Centers is a um, multidisciplinary treatment center. So we have nutritionists, dietitians, uh, therapists, and psychologists. And so we really believe in whole, um, whole treatment care. So we want to heal the whole person from the inside out in a lot of ways. And we treat, um, we have a program for eating disorders specifically, but we all do our own practices of different areas in myself being a dietitian, I do a lot of different areas of nutrition, outpatient, and I see a lot of different mental health issues um, in their therapy practices. So out of curiosity, cool. you know, it seems like you have like such a fascinating day. Um, what, what's your, what's your favorite part of your practice? Like what, what, what sort of thing do you really enjoy the most or kind of geek out on the most? So I love, and I just had a new client yesterday. I love meeting new people. Okay. Um, specifically people that um, kind of have a similar story that I did, that this person was an athlete um, in college, but kind of just took their relationship with food to an unhealthy place and a disordered place and sees that it, it, they want to change it, but they don't know how and they're afraid. And those are the moments where I'm just like, let's go. We can do this. Like we... Um, we can work together and work this out. So that's my favorite part is knowing that my story and my situation and my education can help this person do what it took me really long time to do. So what, um, with that situation, cause I, I can see, you know, being an athlete myself, like I know how we can get there. Um, how, mm -hmm. how do you notice it? Do you find that, that a lot of the athletes you see, did it, did it take them forever to realize that, that maybe they were um, having some unhealthy behaviors with, you know, good intentions, you know, we're, we're trying to be fit. Yeah. We're trying to, you know, perform in our best. Um, but sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, like you said, that can lead to overdoing it. Like a as an athlete, as somebody who, you know, works out a lot, how do you notice, you know, when maybe you're going too far? Yeah, well, I think it's confusing for a lot of people because they're hearing the message that, oh, you're so disciplined, oh, you work so hard, and it's a good thing until it's a bad thing. And it's it's confusing to a lot of people because they are hearing from everyone around them that they have such a good work ethic, they're so disciplined. And then at some point, someone's like, hey, are you okay? Are you unhealthy? And it kind of takes them aback. It's like, yeah, I'm fine. And then when they start looking a little deeper, they can see start looking at, you know, my, I don't go out with my friends anymore because I'm afraid of what's in the food. Mm. Or I, instead of, um, when I get back from games, instead of sleeping, like I go back to the gym and work out again. 
And, um, and none of my teammates do that. And why do I do that? And I also feel this like body image insecurity piece. So, um, I think, you know, you don't notice it until you do, and then you see it all kind of thing. Cause I mean, even when you were describing that in my head, I'm thinking, man, that just sounds like somebody who is extremely dedicated, um, you know, probably has an edge over their competition, whether that's, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the gym or, you know, on the, on the field, you know, so like, yeah. tell me, how does it become unhealthy? Is it all body image related or is it just like, um, okay, what's the why behind what I'm doing? Yeah, I, that w- that's what I was going to say is really, I look at the people's intention because I do know people that can do that and have no disordered behaviors. They are truly just that discipline and just that, um, like dedicated to their sport. Yeah. But then I have, there is the other end of it where that is their cover, but they're really going to work out because they ate too much for dinner or they're afraid of their body changing. Um, there's a disordered eating part to that. So there is a differentiation. It's not all just disordered um, or unhealthy, but they're, I think I always just check in with athletes that I see. It's like, okay, that's great that you want to get into the gym more, but why? kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, last time we spoke and, and for the listeners out there, I'll make sure to, to link that conversation, uh, in the show notes. Um, you talked about, you know, loving yourself through food and, and it Mm kind of, I'm kind of getting that same vibe with, you know, loving yourself through exercise as well, uh, versus, you know, punishing yourself for, you know, thinking that you overate or, um, punishing yourself because you're not, pumped about the way you look is that kind of is that kind of what you're talking about yeah I I think in a way it is I think it translates differently um with movement it's kind of the same thing it's like you can punish yourself with movement and I think if you've had an athletic background at all or if you're competitive um in athletics as an adult there's an element of like you you always punish yourself if you mess up like you run suicides if you miss a layup, you know what I mean? So there's a level of, of that um, built into us of like, oh, I didn't play well or I didn't perform well. So now I need to like kill myself in the gym the next day. And I think the same part of it that goes with the food is that grace piece of like, you know, were you intentionally trying to play bad? No. Could you also work on these skills? Yes. But do, do you need to like make like potentially injure yourself by overworking yourself to do it? No. So what's the balance there? Yeah. And I actually think there's a difference between, you know, because I don't know if punishing yourself is the right phrase that I use because I think there's a huge difference between punishing yourself versus, you know, there's consequences, you know, like when you said suicides, uh, every time that I've, I've ran suicides there, it was a consequence for something. And, (laughs) and, uh, and, you know, and I think that's, you know, is supposed to lead to to good behavior. Um, so it's all, Mm -hmm. it it just, I'm hearing a lot of it's balance from you. Like you've got to keep things in check. So, so as, you know, ambitious people with our health, ambitious people with our bodies, you know, how do we maintain balance, Caitlin? Like, how do we, how do we keep things in check? I think it's a lot of introspective work of like a lot of what's your intention um, with what you're doing and seeing if you're being really rigid in 
um, what you're doing, like your behaviors and, and how you're approaching things that you're passionate about, because there's so many things in life, not just food and exercise that we can take to extremes. Oh, yes. And also, also knowing that if you're a person that takes things to extremes, because there's a lot of people that are just, I, I say they're like naturally intuitive and they're pretty naturally introspective where they're like, you know, I can tell I'm taking this too far. I'm just going to put this down because it's becoming obsessive. But my personality, and I feel like so, like type A perfectionistic personalities take things to extremes. So if you know that that's your bent, I think, um, again, that takes some intuition and um, some looking deeper into your motives and stuff to know that. Um, but yeah, just a constant check-in with your intentions behind what it, what it is you're doing, whether it's food, whether it's um, your sport, whether it's your profession, just anything. What, what do you think about like cheat days? Um, because, you know, when you said that your perfectionist kind of type A personality, you know, I can see if, if we, if we put that within the, the constraint of food, then, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're probably taking in the least amount of calories possible. We're not, we're making sure we don't ever, you know, eat a pizza or anything like that. Do you, Mm -hmm. in your practice, do you use like cheat days intentionally to, to kind of keep, keep balance, keep things in check? Yeah, that's a good question. I personally don't use cheat days as much if that's a part of someone's routine and it's not causing them any, um, issues with taking like those cheat days turning into binges or like really unhealthy behaviors, um, then they can keep those. I'm not going to change everything they do, but I do, I have seen it become more problematic in more people than maybe helpful. Um, just because it does insinuate that six days out of the week, I have to eat good. And then one day I can eat bad. And, what I found is more helpful is having those bad quote unquote foods in moderation, like throughout the week. And you feel like this, you feel less of a desire to uh, eat the whole cake on Sunday when you're cheating on your cheat day, because it kind of gives your brain like, Oh, I'm not going to be able to have this again for a long time. So I better eat it all. Um, Our brain, I feel like works better when it knows that, you know what, this cake is going to be here tomorrow. I can have a, I can have a small piece um, and enjoy it. And knowing that I can have another piece tomorrow makes me um, more apt to eat in moderation. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of wild. Cause um, you know, I'm sure you remember this as well, but like in, in college, you know, especially, you know, in the student athlete world um, what I noticed was, you know, we, we, we couldn't go out like, like most of the, the, uh, sorry, the students were. So we, we didn't, we, mm-hmm. we, we weren't able to drink, you know, uh, on a Tuesday before a game. Yep. And, and what, what would happen is a lot of these student athletes, if they got one day off, they would, you know, you know, drink a whole lot and it would lead to like binge drinking. Yeah. And, and I, mm-hmm. I think that I'm sure you've seen that, but that's like a real problem in, in college athletics, because, you know, they have to be so disciplined, you know, for the majority of the week, the majority of the semester. And then when they get those two days in a row off, you know, they can just go nuts. And, and that kind of, that can have a trickle effect as far as like, you know, the impact that has on, on that kid's life. 
Have you? Did you see that? Yeah. Is that like, is that something you treat? Yeah, it is. It is. And there's, I think it's a twofold reasoning. It's a, oh, I'm going to like party hard because it's the only time I can happening a lot. And that leading to consequences with not personally, but people I saw like DUIs, missing classes the next day, grades plummeting because they went too hard kind of thing. But the other reason I saw is there was a void that they were trying to fill in a sense when they were doing that of, um, you know, like, I don't feel like I'm playing super well right now. So this feels like something that could numb me out from that or relationship issues or school issues, whatever. Um, so a lot of times, and I had a few of these conversations too, with people that I saw doing that of, you know, that going back to that questioning of why are you doing this? Like, what's your motive in, in, drinking that much or going that hard with partying. And a lot of times it was, yes, I, you know, we never get to, so why not now? And then the other part is like, I just want to numb out from, from my feelings, which can go back to to food and exercise too. similar. Yeah. I just, I'm a big believer in, in constraints and in like, you know, having, having rules, um, Mm -hmm. you know, but I'm also a believer in, in having, you know, some rewards, like you said, with, you know, the cheat days in moderation, you know, say you Uh have a good workout and you reward yourself with a, you know, a latte versus just a black coffee or something like that. Yeah. Like that's powerful Uh stuff. Like how can, how can we use that? How can we use things like that versus, you know, going to the extreme and like, you know, um, uh, what's the word? Like we're restrictive. We're so restrictive that as soon as the, you know, the the gates open we just kind of go nuts because we think it's go for it yeah we think it's it's limited and there's just you know we only have a certain amount of time yeah i think it's that again a multi-layered answer one the base level i always ask people if they're feeling like when they're surrounded by the foods that they don't let themselves eat on a normal basis if they feel that propensity to go crazy there's the level of either physical deprivation or mental deprivation going on throughout the week. And so I look at their calories throughout the week if they're eating enough, because there's a lot of misconceptions about how much we need to eat, like 900, 1200 calorie diets that are just not sustainable long-term. And if people are not eating um, enough food throughout the week, that is one reason I see that happening. Hmm. And then the men, so that's the physical deprivation. The mental deprivation is I think what, what I see and what you're talking about is I can't have it. I can't have it. I can't have it. I can't have it. And then all of a sudden when they're able to have it, it's like they can't stop. So when, when I see that, I'm like, you know, that all and um, nothing then all mentality or all or nothing mentality doesn't maybe work for your personality. Like it works for Sally at your CrossFit gym. You know what I mean? So maybe we should approach it a different way. You can still have those same goals without approaching it that way. So maybe looking at a couple times a week where they have that or something even daily, like um, with some of my clients that feel really um, a strong propensity to do that. I say, you know, after dinner every night have two Hershey kisses or have like two Oreos or something. Um, and they, their results over the long term are way better than they were when they were not having anything like sweet or sugary um, throughout the week and then just having it all on one day. They got to their goals quicker because they were able to, their brain was like, we can have this every day. We don't need to have a whole sleeve of Oreos 
we can just have that one or two. And it's like you you feel like, hey, I earned this, I deserve this. And and yeah. also you don't feel guilty afterwards. I can imagine, you know, if you have this all or nothing mentality, you know, when you go full throttle on, you know, whether it's, you know, eating bad or, or you know, drinking a lot, like you're going to have a lot of guilt associated, I would imagine, yeah. you know, the next day. Whereas mm-hmm. if I'm controlled and having those two Hershey's, you know, after, you know, a solid meal plan type day, then I can feel like, okay, yeah. you know, that this is good. That sort of thing. Yes. And it keeps you motivated. It does. It, it helps you stick to the the goals that you have um, because you are like rewarding yourself in a sense. And although I think we fight a lot of times our human desire for instant gratification, sometimes we can use that to our advantage. Uh, like, especially when we're trying to, we're trying to do something long-term, we have a big goal to hit. That's going to take some time having those micro rewards, those micro, um, kind of like good jobs, stamps of approval can be really motivating to keep going because you don't feel like it's always a chore. You feel like it is something that's sustainable and the sustainable piece is, is key. I think with a lot of these goals that we have, whether it's in fitness or health. Yeah. I I think that's, that's so big, you know, sustainability is the entire thing to me. And the other Mm -hmm. part is like, I don't do well when I feel um, like I can't, I'm not allowed to do something. And, uh-huh. and that really, you know, that's always, I've always had a hard time with that with, with eating. Um, and, and mm-hmm. I never wanted to get to the point where I had to, you know, control the, the amount I ate. Um, I'm, I more yeah. just wanted to feel like I could do whatever, but whatever is kind of good. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, again, knowing your personality or that and knowing how you approach food and what works for you best um, is so valuable for your long term health. Because if you are someone who gets in that guilt um, reward cycle where it's like, oh, I feel so bad for this. I need to work really hard. And then you feel deprived. You feel the need to reward yourself again. And it's just this cycle. Whereas kind of like you're saying, like, if I eat small meals and never feel satisfied throughout the day long term that's not going to serve me very well so I think it would be better for me to continue eating foods that feel good to my body um, in in portions that I really feel like are satisfying maybe short term for someone else they may see better goals but I'm I'm in it for the long term Um, and I really think like that's the secret to like these short-term diets these um, short-term like month grinds that I I see people doing, those are great for what they are and they produce drastic results. But I really think we need to look at our health so much more long-term and seeing what you, like you, like we were saying, sustainable over the long-term. And for you, it sounds like that's much more sustainable for you. So, so how do we, how do we learn that about ourselves? Like, how do we figure out, you know, what that sweet spot is for us? And, you know, maybe, you know, tell, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about your story. Cause I think a lot of the people listening might have, you know, that type A personality. And, you know, if they're listening mm-hmm. to this podcast, they're, they're interested in their health and, and you know, might have that, you know, um, that propensity to go too far. And, you know, so how, how did you keep that balance? How did yeah. you learn the balance? 
So I feel like I tell people I learned the wrong way. I learned the hard way. So like other people don't have to, but, um, for me, for me, I had always been type A and in a lot of areas in academics and athletics, um, had served me really well. Like you're a hard worker, you take things, you, you perfect things. Um, and it produced a lot of success. And so I was always praised for that all or nothing, that very rigid, um, part of me and I didn't get in trouble like you know because type a rigid perfectionistic people don't and um so I would I would do that and through high school like I said it brought me a lot of success and in college there's a different level of um success that I needed and a different level like it was just heightened everything school and athletics was just okay you were doing great here now we got to take it up a notch and for me I just I took that I need to perform perfectly to an extreme. And it just wasn't, um, I, my grades suffered. I lost my starting position on my team because I was using food and nutrition. And, uh, well, while simultaneously, when you're in college, you're going through a lot of insecurities of finding out who I am, um, finding my place in this world. What do I want to do? Finding new friends, all those things. Um, I used my perfectionism as a coping skill Mm -hmm. to deal with what I was feeling. So I was like, well, you know, I may not know what I'm doing when I graduate, but I can sure as heck like work as hard as I can or um, perfect my body or perfect my health. And so I I did that and it, and it caused me some issues long-term and after losing a starting position after grade suffering, after, losing some friendships just because I was so obsessed with those things. It took some really good mentors. It took some counseling and it took um, some look inside of like, is this really worth it long-term? Look what you've kind of sacrificed in order to be perfect, quote unquote, or be the best athlete or be in the tip top shape of your life. Um, And really it wasn't the tip top shape of my life. I was very underweight. Um, but in my mind, that's what it was. And just being able to say, maybe the way I've been doing it isn't the best way of doing it. And for for a perfectionistic person and for a type A person, that's really hard to swallow. Um, But I think it took that for me, almost that rock bottom moment of like zooming out and seeing the big picture of my health, of my life, of my future. I mean, being the mom I want to be, the wife I want to be, the professional I want to be, I can't be that obsessed with health and, and be that person. So um, I do firmly believe that high school and college, like if you're going through this at those ages, you're still learning, your brain's not even fully developed yet. So you have some time to, to work through those things, but that's such a good time to get to know your tendencies, what you, what you want, what your motives are. Like that's such a good time to kind of find yourself and find your identity And so, um, yeah, I think before, when you are really passionate about some things, kind of checking in with why, if you know your tendencies of being perfectionistic, or if you've taken things too far in the past, setting boundaries for yourself and a college student setting boundaries, that is a very, very mature college student. (laughs) So you're going to be a step ahead of everyone. But I I do think your twenties, like, again, we're, I'm 25, we're still so young, Um, it's one of those things where, um, you're still figuring things out. So give yourself grace along the way. 
but realizing and having people around you that are going to be honest enough to tell you when they're like concerned about how hard you're going and being able to ask those people like, Hey, my tendency is to be so focused in on one thing and never see like tunnel visioned on this one thing. So help me like get out of that when you see me kind of taking that too far. So I don't know. I hope that answered your question, but I feel like it's very um, multi-layered. No. Well, first of all, I really appreciate you sharing that. It's like, that's an amazing, like for how young you were and how young you still are, like that's amazing Mm -hmm. that you were able to, to, to kind of take a hard look at yourself. Like you said, pull back a little bit, which is really Mm -hmm. difficult to do. You know, no no matter what age you are, it's hard to kind of get out of yourself a little bit and, and really Mm -hmm. see, you know, what's going on. And, um, and man, you're just going to be able to help so many people with that story. So, so thank you for sharing uh-huh. that. Um, yeah. n- n- now I wonder what about for the people who maybe lack the discipline? So, you know, we started, we, we talk a lot about, you know, these very disciplined type A's, you know, what about for sure. the people who are really trying to find discipline in, in their life and in their health? What would you say to them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is something that I've had to learn more about because obviously by that story, I'm not that way. So (laughs) learning through other people that I have had um, in my practice or just in my personal life that do have those tendencies, you also, there's a part of you that needs to know, you know, I have to have more structure or nothing's going to happen that I want it to happen. So putting in, I don't say rules um, just as like, I know that's kind of semantics, but Um, again, I think our brain does see rules. It's like, you can do this and you can't do this. So I usually just say like guidelines or boundaries for yourself. Um, and just like, okay, I will move my body three to four times a week. I'm going to set alarms on that day, reminders for that day. I'm going to have a workout partner. So you're going to need to pull in your resources a little bit to help give you that structure. Um, I think, the best motivator is internal motivation, that intrinsic motivation. So what are your goals? What do you want long-term? Um, and then kind of setting up boundaries and structures and systems to help you get there. Um, so if you feel like you're a type B person, but you want to run a half marathon in four or five months, get a plan, um, set days, you're going to do it. Um, have a workout partner, have an accountability partner, all the, all those things um, I think can be really beneficial for those people that know they want things, but they just don't think they have the um, motivation or systems or, or um, discipline to do it. So that's probably what I would say is like a broad level uh, answer. But obviously, if we were going to be in a session together, we would look at more specifics. Yeah, I, I just I find that the whole dynamic of, you know, there, there's two totally different types of personalities. There's lots of different types of personalities. And, you know, we're yeah. all kind of after the same thing. We're wanting to be our healthiest self. We're wanting to feel mm-hmm. energized. We're wanting to, you know, look good, feel good, the whole gamut. Uh, we're wanting to be able to, yeah. you know, move and, you know, be athletic no matter, you know, how old we are. And, and it just, it just seems like there's different ways to get there, which is what I'm hearing from you is like, you know, we're all different Absolutely. and there's different approaches. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also hearing a lot of process from you, like focusing on, <laughs> focusing on the process versus focusing on, I've got to be, you know, 
this weight or I've got to lose this amount of pounds or I've got to eat this much. Yeah. Can you speak a little bit to the process before we wrap up here? Yeah. Well, I think that is, yeah, probably the thing I'd preach the most, whether I've like said that verbally or not, I've seen way too many people, myself included, have an end goal in mind. And when we don't hit that specific number, if we don't hit um, that specific goal, then the process was worthless and we give up and we don't keep it up. And so for me, I think, you know, we can have a long-term end goal, but again, we have to look, we have to use our humanity to our advantage in the sense of like, we as humans don't do well when there's like a far out goal. We need rhythms. We work really well with rhythms in our day. Mm -hmm. What can I do daily? That's going to help me get there eventually not putting like too much time parameters on it. And what are going to be the things that um, short term that I can do um, that I can see a result in? Because again, we, we need um, instant gratification. So for me, it's a, it's a lot of things, but that, that daily rhythm thing, like the things you can do daily that are sustainable and practical daily, that's the things that you're going to see the long-term work for. If you have a broad goal and no specifics to get there, you're never going to get there. And I, and um, it's kind of like, I mean, if you like put a pin on a map and you're just like, okay, get there and no like highway systems or vehicles or any way to get there, it's impossible. So we have to kind of rein it in a little bit and see how we're going to get there. What are we going to do? What works for us? So I'd say if you do have broad long-term goals, that's great. And I think we should have those. But I think um, zooming back in after you have that long-term goal and just saying, okay, what can I do um, weekly? What can I do daily that's going to help me get there eventually? Not how fast can I get there? It's like how sustainably can I get there with these specific things? Yeah. And I've, you know, one thing I I love what you just said, because like, I believe in that the most, like I, it's like my, my Mm -hmm. highest belief is, is in, you know, having, you know, having these goals, but also having these things in place to where, um, there's, there's like many rewards along the way. And, and there, Mm -hmm. and therefore, you know, my focus becomes on these little steps that I take. And, and I'm not really even Mm -hmm. that worried about the, the end goal of, you know, losing a a certain amount of weight or, you know, lifting a certain amount of weight in the gym, you know, but I'm really focused on, I I love that check mark moment that, um, you know, Hey, Mm -hmm. I did the workout today or, Hey, I, you know, ate vegetables today, (laughs) which shockingly is, is, it's a big deal for me, <laughs> but yeah, but hey, yeah it's, it's it is little, for a lot of people. It's the little things. Um, but okay, I, I want to go to one more thing before I let you go. And I, cause I, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, sure. how do we, the one thing I can't quite figure out is how do we not overtrain in the sense that, cause I, when I think of training, I think of good, how do we not do it mm-hmm. in a sense that we hurt ourselves. It becomes a unhealthy behavior. Um, in my head, I'm thinking it has to do with sustainability and you've got to think about Mm -hmm. sustainability when you're doing these things, but can you just kind of riff on that for a minute? And then I promise I'll let you go. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're fine. Um, yes, I would love to. I think 
the biggest um, thing I would say in a going along with sustainability is, is this training program on, you're on, is this regimen you're on something you can do long-term? And there is definitely occasions where you can go hard, harder, short periods of time. Absolutely. If you have some, a goal to train for, that's fine. But even in that, knowing your limits as a human. And again, it's looking, it's not just looking at what Joe does in the gym, but it's looking at what works for you. Cause he may be able to go six days of training in a row so hard and have one rest day and feel fine. There's some people that need two or three or four rest days. And they like, they see the best results when they give themselves that ample rest and they can hit bigger numbers. They can run farther when they give those rest days. So it's, it really is about the broad goal of not overtraining is allowing yourself rest and realizing that our bodies were not meant to grind every single day. They do need a little bit of rest. And whether that is that rest could be some um, low impact stuff like stretching or walking, that could be your rest day, or it could mean like not really doing anything um, related to movement other than like daily acts of life. So I think broadly, realizing that rest days are a good thing and that you need those. Um, and they're not something, they're not like a lazy day. They are an intentional part of your workout routine. Like that is a part of it. And then the other part is what does that look like? Okay. Well, people say, yeah, I'm taking a rest day. Well, it's also okay if rest day for you means three rest days. And that is you giving your body ample opportunities to reach its goals. So Again, it's individualized. We all will have a different um, approach on that. But I think knowing that rest days are good and knowing how much your body needs and then also knowing on the other end how long your body can go in a training session. Some people, 30 minutes. They go hard for 30 minutes and that's all they can give. And at different points of your fitness journey, that can be true too. Um, But then some people can go for 90 minutes feel good and work out the next day. So it really is so individualized, um, but knowing how hard you can go and how long you need to recover are important. And, and I love that you said, build the rest day into your workout routine so that, you know, it feels mm-hmm. like, Hey, this is intentional. This is part of my, yep. this is part of the routine. And, and that's kind of, I think that's kind of what we could do with any sort of, um, healthy behaviors like have, okay, you know, that those two chocolates at the end, that's a, this is a part of my plan, you know, and just like the rest day is, that's so cool. I I think that's, you know, hopefully for the people listening that that's a, um, a sigh of relief, um, you know, weight off your shoulders Mm -hmm. that, you know, rest days can be great as long as they're intentional and that they're, you know, you see that as a part of your plan and not something that you're going to see as like, I'm lazy or something like that. Yes. You know, cause you can, yes. you can, because then with that, yeah, you get like guilt yeah. from that. If it's like, Oh, I didn't mean to do this. And then you feel bad. So just build it in, like expect non-perfection, expect your humanity to come in and need a little bit of grace with that rest day with those two chocolates. You know, it's just, it's the way we operate. Well, this is, you know, this has been such a fun conversation on such a complicated topic because there are yeah. so many nuances and, and, uh, and I know people are going to want to go deeper. So, so Caitlin, tell us, how can we find you? I know you're, you're on social. I know focused, uh, integrative centers is also on social. Uh, tell us how everybody can find yeah. you. 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, Focus Integrative Centers is on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then myself, I have a, my personal Instagram, but I also have a nutrition related Instagram called a cup of Kate um, and cup has two P's in it. So um, if you go to my personal Instagram searching my name, I have it linked in my bio. So you can check that out. Um, I, I post a lot of what we've been talking on here there. Um, so if anyone needs to reach out to me, I can get you um, involved with focus. If you want a session there, or just want to ask a few nutrition questions, I'd love to hear it. And we will make sure we'll have those. We'll have her social channels linked up here in the podcast, as well as on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, Caitlin Tucker, thank you so much for joining us again. I hope we can do it again and again. Uh, we have so much fun on the podcast yes. with you. Awesome. Well, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me guys. Guys. Thanks so much for listening to outside the box conversations. I'm your host, Ben. Uh, as always, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.